You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps, a podcast for you, the players, supporters and the hard-working volunteers that make a glorious game from the lowest to the highest levels in the UK and beyond. We at Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps have now teamed up with Derbyshire County Cricket Club to promote cricket at all levels across the county and wider regions. I'm Rick, I'm here with Ian, Richard and Neil as we take you on a journey around our home here at Winslow Cricket Club in Burn-on-Trent. On this podcast, we'll keep you updated on all the goings-on here at Winslow Cricket Club, and we will also be answering all your questions and inviting you, the listener, to send in all your stories from around the cricketing world. We will, of course, have a special guest coming with their view from Cow Corner with all their stories, ideals and anecdotes. So, let's get started and bring you up to date with the goings-on at Winslow Cricket Club, the little club with a big personality. Welcome listeners, welcome to another episode of Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps. The 2022 season is now upon us and we will be bringing you updates and news of how we at Winslow Cricket Club and all our rivals will be getting on throughout the season. But first, this is our Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps Derbyshire Cricket Special, which we are kicking off in style. Joining Livo and Marcy in Cow Corner is Head of Cricket at Derbyshire, Mickey Arthur, to which it was an absolute pleasure meeting, talking and listening to him. So, we shan't keep you in suspense, let's get straight over to Cow Corner. Just for context, this interview was recorded on the 19th of April, just before Derbyshire's first win of the season. Welcome to our latest venture into Cow Corner, with me, Ian Livo and Rich Marsha. How are we, Marsh? Yeah, I'm doing great, mate. Great to be here at the Encora County Ground. It is. It's great to have the pleasure of recording here again in the fabulous surroundings of the media suite at Derbyshire County Cricket Club, as today we bring you the first of our county specials and a chance to bring the professional game close to the recreational game, the players, the volunteers in and around Derbyshire and the surrounding areas. So to kick off our collaboration in the best way possible, our friends at Derbyshire County Cricket Club have kindly given us the ultimate guest for our first interview, none other than the Head of Cricket here at Derbyshire, 
Mickey Arthur. So welcome to the podcast, Mickey, or should I simply say, how's it, Mickey? How's it? How's it, China? No, no. It's, you well, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm perfect. Thank you. As they say, sweet. Absolutely. No, all good. Thank you for having me. Great stuff. I think we just need to start, Mickey, by asking for some reflection on the start of the season, which has brought you two very decent draws away at Middlesex and then at home here last week against Sussex. So what are your initial thoughts on those two games and the start of the season here at Derbyshire? Yeah, I'm extremely proud of the way we've played. You know, we, we, we've tried to create a brand. We've tried to, we've we've looked at the way we wanted to play, the style of cricket we've wanted to play, and the, and the guys have embraced that and, and done exceptionally well with it so far. As, as I kept, keep on saying to them, in the development of a team, you've got to be a team that's hard to beat before you can become a, a winning team. And we certainly need that now. And and I think we're just at the at the point of, of of going over the edge and hopefully becoming that winning team pretty soon. Absolutely, I picked up from your interview at the weekend that whilst there was a, a sh- tiny shred of disappointment by not completing the job against Sussex, yeah. the lads bowled well. No they two did. ways about it. Uh, the lads bowled well. They, you know, the second innings they got five hundred odd for three. It was the wicket was really good. Um, we created opportunities. They only scored a 2.8 and over for 170 overs. And I thought there was an hour on the fourth morning when Sam Connors bowled with Saranga Lakmal. That was as good a cricket contest as you're going to see. It was it was all into two international players, a young guy that, that has all the potential to be an international player from our side and one on their side in Haynes, um, going, going flat out against each other. And that was... That was almost international cricket. That for the, so that hour was was simply outstanding, and the way the guys just just continued to fight, I thought was uh, it typified the attitude, typified the standards that we're setting for ourselves as yep. a team, um, and also gives you gives you a, a, an understanding of where we're at at the moment, which is a, an exciting place to be. Absolutely, I, I think that's a really good way for me to bring a bit of a Radio Five link into one of our first questions to you, and we'll come back to Derbyshire as a whole a little bit later, but. If you go back to your upbringing in Durban, and you went to what I know is a, a quite a historic school at Westfield Boys. Now, do you live by that motto of the school there, you know, may I not shrink from my purpose? Because that's exactly how you just sounded. Exactly right. That, 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 was, that was a motto, and that was drilled into us as, as, as schoolboys growing up. You never shrink from your purpose. Um, you, you, you know, you against all odds, and you fight and pretty, pretty much like, you know, seize the day and, and, and all the other cliches that come with that. Yeah. But that is totally was totally ingrained in us um, as as pupils at the school and as kids growing up in in South Africa at that time, um, it was certainly it was certainly ingrained in us. Yeah, because you're a Durban boy through and through, yep. despite being born in Joburg. Obviously, yes. you're a Durban boy through and through, yep. aren't you? Until we come to the bit later on when you're in Perth and all <laughs> That's that. That's right. But your, your school song was forty years on, um, which is quite a well-known song around schools around the world. There's quite a few use it. But specifically about life at school and how you're going to view it in 40 years on. So the question would be that simple. What would Mickey Arthur today say to Mickey back at school? Uh, it's pr- pretty much just live your dream because I have literally lived exactly what I wanted uh, my life to, to become and the, and the career path that I wanted for myself. is. I've been very fortunate in, in, in living that out. Um, and that, that, that is continuing my message back to the, to, to the younger Kids, you know, never, never, ever should go go away from your dream because it is, it's tangible, it's touchable. If you really believe in it and want it that badly, um, go for it. Go, go for, for it. it. Yeah. And it would it be fair to say then, you lived your dream by you know, literally going into a cricket career, having a pretty successful playing career, yeah. um, and you very swiftly moved into coaching once you finished. 
And you know, just looking at the history, when, when you become a national coach of South Africa at 37, how proud are you? you know? uh, you're immensely proud. And, you know, I think the thing for me through my cricket career was that I just wasn't quite good enough to play for South Africa. You didn't do bad. Well, I played in the South African A-side, but I squeezed every ounce of, of, of talent. I seized the moment. I, Absolutely. I squeezed every ounce of talent yeah. out of myself mm-hmm. to make myself the best I could be. Um, and that just wasn't quite international standards. So to then go and coach your country was, was something that was really, really special. It was special. very quick, wasn't it, for when you started coaching? It, it, it was quick. And, and again, you know, I say, I say you, 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 you're pretty fortunate. And, you know, timing, timing it, the jobs become available. You can, ne- you, you, you can never, timing's never right because, Absolutely. you know, I would have liked to have been a little bit more, um, I guess, experienced in my coaching career at the time, but that job was available then. Um, and, and I sort of, I had a go with it, at it because I'd coached South Africa A. Um, I'd, had a I'd had a taste of, of, of working at the National Academy. Um, so I thought I'd give it a go. And, and the board enjoyed my presentation. They enjoyed my vision. I was very, very, um, uh, what's the word? I was very pedantic almost in, in, in plotting a course of where I thought that South African team needed to go yeah. to and how they were going to get there um, because I'd, I'd been in the system. Yeah. So, so I knew it. And, and obviously transformation at that point in time came in and was playing quite a big role at that, in that. And um, I understood it. Mm. So I understood where, where the South African team needed to be. Um, and they, and they bought the, they bought the, the, the proposal and, and I got the job. And it's a tough board to get that sort of thing across to, isn't it? It was a tough board to get it to, to get it across to, but I think they they saw I was genuine, and I was very genuine, and I've totally believed wholeheartedly in the plan, and and so much so that that, that I I've still got a copy of that plan. It, it was pretty similar to the plan I, I I gave to Australian cricket, to be honest. But is it the same as the one you gave to Ian Morgan as well? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, that that was tweaked just a little bit. No, and 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 I kept a copy of of, of that plan. Because I, that was my reference point. Because I couldn't go into a job and you say, I'm going to take that, take that. And then you get the job and then you go off in a different tangent. So I used to read that weekly just mm-hmm. to make sure that, that, that the job I was doing, the selections we were making, the brand of cricket we wanted to play, aligned with the brand that I'd given to the board. So me, me and Rich would definitely uh, resonate with that. So it wasn't just a plan to get a job. It was a plan you're going to live, eat and breathe all the way through. Exactly right. And that's the only plan that you can have. Because if you if you give a plan to get a job and you don't believe in it, um, you get found out. Yeah, I was uh, in 2006, I think it was, Mickey. You, you were the coach of the South African side that I think got 438 to beat Australia. Yes, I was. It was dubbed <laughs> the, the greatest one-day international yeah. ever. What did you say to the team between the innings? <laughs> I'm just when, those plans. when they came in the dressing rooms and said, "We've got to score four Well, well the, the, this this has been been spoken about numerous times, so, so I apologise to anybody who's who's heard it before. But you've got to sort of sketch the outline of that day. So the outline of the day was two all in the series, going to Joburg, packed house, the bull ring, one of the it's certainly my favourite ground in South Africa. When the bull ring's packed for a a one-day game, it's like a mobile nightclub. Yeah. It, it is <laughs> pumping, pumping, pumping. And um, and we had a little incident with Herschel Gibbs the night before the game. Um, yeah, he, he had a little bit too much of my favourite tipple, Samuel <laughs> Blunt. Okay. And, um, you know... So, 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 so the whole the, the whole harp and Gaynor Hirsch and giving him the, you know, Hirsch 
that's not acceptable. We'll deal with you after the game, so the speech. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. And, and then I, as the game unfolds, Australia just start going ballistic. And, you, and you're looking going, this is going horribly wrong. Half the crowd is sort of going, going out the ground for lunch and thinking, yeah. here we go again. And um, uh, we, had, there was a, it was, we were sponsored by Standard Bank in South Africa, and they had Stan the Duck. So, that, so they had this, this duck mascot. And I, mm. I remember looking at the duck mascot at, uh, at the halfway mark and he had his head in his hands. And then I thought <laughs> life, life wasn't great. I remember Jacques Callis, came, he came in the change room and he said, oh, boys, I think that's par. I think the bowlers have done their job. Over, <laughs> over, over to you, batsman. And every, of course, everybody laughed and that kind of broke the ice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I was very tactical driven. So, so I, had, I put these targets up in the dressing room. And I got a hundred, it was like something bizarre. Like we want to be 160 for two at 20 overs. And at, at that time before, you know, 2020 cricket was just starting. I remember my eye caught Herschel Gibbs in the corner and he just started laughing. And I sort of tore up the, <laughs> tore up the targets and said, right, just go and play. Yeah. The amazing thing in that chase was when we started, we need about eight and a half and over. At over 42 we still only needed eight and a half. Kept it going all the way. Yes. And, yeah. and, and so that, that's an amazing in a run mm. chase like that. And it was only at over 42, we thought, oh, hang on, we can actually win got, this. Got a chance and then the rates escalated up to about 13 because suddenly the boys thought, oh, geez, we, yeah. that, what yeah. do we do now? They yeah. started yeah. thinking about it. 100% right. And yeah, that, that was a learning yeah. for, for coaching. Um, and then, you know, it, whatever transpired after that was just incredible. Mm. Absolutely. So, fr so from that, you know, you've obviously got fantastic fond memories. And you can see that from your social mm. media as well, that, that uh, you've got some great memories of your time at coaching. Out of all the players that you've got those relationships with, who are you most proud of and how they've developed in international cricket? Well, well I, I said to you, I'm most proud in Baba Azam. Right. Um, without a doubt. Having seen Baba Azam arrive at the... At the um, the High Performance Center in Lahore. My very first day with Pakistan, and he was a he was a just a nineteen year old boy coming in for a hit, and and standing with with who who was my batting coach, um, and he he has been for ages, Grant Flower, and looking at him, going, "Wow, look yeah. at those hands, look at the positions he makes," <laughs> and then he wasn't in the Pakistan side at that time, and then yeah. fast tracking him into the team, giving a position, backing him. Um, and allowing him to develop his game mm. because of the talent he had, and then seeing him transfer transfer that potential into talent into yeah. into performance um, has been has been incredibly rewarding. Mm. And are we going to get to see him here at Derbyshire from that little black book then? Yeah, <laughs> it, it certainly will. He, he'll do well to get he'll, he'll do well to take Sean Masood's position at the time at the moment. Say, yeah. 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 So you, you you talk really well, and you talked in your. Um, initial press conference about the bubble situation with international because yeah. obviously you spent 200 plus days in bubbles was it yeah. Mickey and how many how many PCR tests did you 172 PCRs 248 Seriously. days in a bubble last year exactly. in a year so tell me you, you, your family now lives in Perth yeah what got you through all that time away from Perth it all, that's a long long time yeah, I haven't. I still haven't been back no, to no. Perth. You know, I've, yeah, my eldest daughter's in South Africa. Um, during the during the pandemic, my first grandchild was born. Haven't haven't seen her. Um, my other two daughters are in Perth. You know, I haven't seen them for for nearly three years now. Mm -hmm. So, oh, I guess what got me through was the fact that there were a lot of other people in a lot worse situations than I was. You know, mm -hmm. people had had lost loved ones. Um, 
people had lost jobs. Mm. You know, I, I was I was still I was still being paid. I still I still I was still doing something I loved. Yeah. Um, albeit just very differently to yeah. how it was before before the pandemic. So, yeah, it was a, it, it 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 was a tough time. But I haven't got you know I understand how tough it was. But I you know when people talk about bubble fatigue, bubble syndrome, yes, it's real. But you know, I still think that we were still very fortunate to be able There's to carry bit, out what, what, what yeah, we were I, doing. I yeah. agree. Well, that leads me to the next question, really, is, is how you enjoy not living in the bubble in good old Derbyshire, where it's a bit more colder than Perth. Yeah, well, it is a bit more colder, or certainly colder than Lahore and Colombo. Uh, I, heard, <laughs> um, I heard it was very cold yeah. down at the parks. It, it was freezing <laughs> at the parks. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. loving the job yeah. um, because I took the job because it was a project. You know, it was very easy to go. Yeah, I could have stayed on at Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. I could have, I could have gone and done franchise coaching. I, you know, I, I had all those opportunities available mm -hmm. to me, but coming to Derbyshire was because I wanted a challenge. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't have wanted to go to anywhere else because I felt I, I had an affinity with Derbyshire yeah. all, all through all through my mm -hmm. my time growing up and. I felt I wanted to come here and really make a difference. Yeah, well, it's no to I've been to, fortunate to go to a couple of Derbyshire matches this season, in the, even the the, uh, the warm-up game against Lancashire. And it's it's been noticeable from my point of view that you, the club's been hugely lifted by your arrival. It's almost going back to the Eddie Barlow days when, when he came to the club. How, how, or do you intend to draw on the Eddie Barlow sort of atmosphere and emulate the atmosphere that came with him when he arrived in 1976? Well, 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 well I, I, I certainly want to because Eddie Barlow was my coaching mentor. Yeah. I, I, I adored being coached by Eddie Barlow. I enjoyed, I enjoyed sitting with Eddie talking cricket, mm. um, picking his brains. Eddie was ahead of his time. He, yeah. he was ahead of his time in his thinking. Um, so you I, made I, me think of Eddie. Let me interject when you talked about the run rate. Yeah, 100%. That's what he speaks about. Yeah, that run rate in that second innings of Sussex versus what Eddie talks about, mm. that three runs, three runs, three runs. It, it makes a big difference to where you were at there, isn't it? So Definitely. And, and that was when Eddie came to coach us. That was the first time we had heard it. Mm. And, and, and our, we watched it develop over that season. We, we, we had a really good side, a really good first-class side. It was Hansi, Hansi, captain by Hansi Cronieri, mm. Alan Donald, Franklin Stevenson, wow. Corey Van Sale... Um, Omar Henry, Nicky Boyer, uh, we we were we were a, a, a really good, albeit fledgling side, you know, developing side. And Eddie came in and made us winners. He came in and made us winners with that simple philosophy. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing how when we played to that philosophy, we we won games because first class cricket is all about pressure. It's about absorbing as much as you can and then applying. And if you apply more than you absorb in a game, you generally come out on top mm. and Eddie taught us that so that is where my coaching philosophy developed um, because I saw it happen I mm. saw I saw it happen for real so again coming to Derbyshire was it was almost following in my in my coach mentor's footsteps because he he changed Derbyshire um, yeah, over that period yeah. and and I plan plan to come in and, and change it as well well if you sit on the balcony at Derbyshire they still talk about him all the time they do. So they do let's hope they're talking about you this I same. hope so yeah, so looking at this season, you've had a great start, two draws, two high-scoring games, one in particular. What are your main goals for the club this year? Is it red or white ball? I, I, it's, it's whatever game we play. Yeah. 
um, you know, it, 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 I, I certainly don't want to sit here and uh, prioritize competitions because yeah. we've got to get better across, across the board. Mm-hmm. We've got to get better in, in, in every competition we play in. I think Derbyshire won six games of the whole of last season. Yeah. You know, we, we need to be winning games. We need to be winning a lot more. We need to be a lot more consistent. But that's a process. And I say, I say it's a process because I think sometimes process is a cliche. And a lot of coaches just just use it yeah, out there to yeah. get a bit of longevity in yeah. their in their jobs. We want to win every game we play, but I say the process for me is about getting the players to believe in themselves, believe in their ability, and to believe in the brand of cricket we want to play. Because once you get that belief, um, and once you get over the line once or twice, I think I say that you know you mm. want got to be a team that's hard to beat first yeah, before you become a team of winners. You become a team of winners when you get over the line in a couple of tight games. And you've got over the line because you've played the brand of cricket and followed the process. Once you've done that, you start believing in the process. Then it becomes really powerful because you get a lot of self-belief. And that is where you see teams then develop and develop at pace. Stumps, bumps, and beer bumps. We've got our first question from one of our clubs locally. And it comes from our own club, from Winslow Cricket Club. Um, and our, our colleague, uh, Neil Windows Winfield, who does the podcast with us as well, he's, he's asked this question. What are your thoughts on the 100 and the impact on clubs like Derbyshire with Wayne Madsen and Luis Deploy being retained for this year? Look, it, it, it does impact us, but, you know, it impacts every, every other county. Now, I think we've got to be very careful. Um, us, the ECB, cricket administrators to mix too much commercial with cricket. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and, and as cricket players and cricket coach, we've got to understand the commercial dynamic as well because that is worth a lot of money to the club, to the clubs. Absolutely. And it, it kind of saves the clubs, which is filtered down to club cricket, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we've got to be careful how we, how, how we package this. Um, I'm very aware of the commercial aspect versus the cricket aspect. And I think they, they need to marry at some point. They clearly marry with the 100. My only, um, my only thought around the 100 was I don't see why you're playing a, a competition that isn't recognized internationally. Mm. There's, there's, there's no 100 World Cup. There's, mm-hmm. no, there's a 2020 World Cup. Absolutely. You, know, you could just play a franchise 2020 tournament. Mm. Um, so my only criticism would be that it's a concept that is only played in England and and is not is not recognised by the ICC yet. Absolutely, and to be fair, last year it was extremely successful, but it's not been picked up around the world by lots of other countries straight away like the T20 was. And that, I think that's the key, isn't it? That when it gets picked up, and if it does go around the world, then it's the right thing mm. for everyone. And it is that balance between the commercial and the rec- and the, the game, isn't it? It, it? it totally is that balance. Now, I, I sat on the ICC Cricket Committee for, for a long period of time while I, I was coaching internationally. And that is always your dilemma: is is, mm. is is how you how you fit everything in. Now, I think cricket can service three formats. I think Test cricket, fifty over cricket. We certainly saw the success of the twenty nineteen World Cup. Yeah, that was the best World Cup that uh, I had the privilege of, of of being involved in. Well, it was because England won, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but I thought I thought it was a really good competition. The twenty twenty is where you can bring in your your associate teams and you can. You can, you, you can sell cricket to them and cricket can grow because of mm-hmm. that. And then you've got test cricket. Now, cricket can certainly sustain three formats. I don't think international cricket can sustain four. So, so, so that is where I question the, 
the hundred. I think that's a really, really nice way of putting it. And I look at somebody who's coming here to Derbyshire in a few weeks' time when Mark Watt comes here. You know, he's a T20 player for Scotland, and you know he wouldn't get that game at international level in Test games right now, but he can come here and play T20, play in the blast, and away you go. And they're the sort of players that you want, then, aren't they? Hundred percent, they are. Now I watched the. I mean, I was I was at that 2020 World Cup with Sri Lanka, and for me, um, Mark Watt was the finger spinner of the competition. Mm-hmm. I thought he could. He, he really impressed me. Hence, me getting a liking to try and bring him in because I think he can play a role for us. Yeah. Um, his ability to bowl in the power play, his ability to bowl at death, his ability to bowl an over two in the in the middle, makes him a very nice cricketer to have. So he can fit in into that white ball. Yes, he wouldn't fit in straight into into our red ball team, and that me, means cricket's developing, cricket's growing because you're starting to get different players for different formats. We find England at the moment on the on the back end, uh, the best white ball team in in the world at the moment. They're the World Cup holders, and I think they ranked number one in 2020. Yeah. They, they, they're right there. But their test cricket is, is, is very, very mm. poor at the we'll moment. We'll come to that in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so for me, is, is you, you, can start, you can start developing, developing cricket, and cricket grows. We, you, you made a great point about international players at your press conference. And I think you've just elaborated it. Too. The, the point you made was that you want to get the Derbyshire players training like those internationals, yeah. the Mark Watts of this yeah. world. Can you elaborate on what you mean by that? I, I mean by the standards that you drive. So, so you know, uh, every day you, you're coming in, there's, there's, there's a process, there's gym, there's recovery, there's uh, rehabilitation, there's, um, uh, there's, there's, you know, your, your, your prehab, your, your preparation. Then you've got facilities available, training. You train at the intensity that you play. Um, you, you can't, uh, you know, the intensity is not a light switch. You can't just switch it on and off. It becomes a habit yeah. so you've got to train at that level there are standards and the expectations around fitness around fielding um that is what i've brought into this environment mm-hmm. and if the guys don't maintain that they they don't play you know so so we we running our system runs exactly like iran pakistan sri lanka Australia, South Africa. Uh, uh, Derbyshire is running exactly like that at the moment. Okay, so take that back into our game. And could you give us some pointers to our fellow club cricketers and how they could focus their own training that way? Yeah, of course. I I just think if you're making that commitment every Saturday to to go out and play club cricket, um, you play it for the enjoyment, of course. You play it for the camaraderie of your mates. You're not playing it professionally. It's your recreation time. But I still think that you need to prepare properly for it. So your nets on a Tuesday or yeah. Thursday, whatever it is, you make sure that when you arrive up and that hour or hour and a half that you put into your preparation is as good as it gets mm-hmm. so that you can, you can play on the Saturday. And then everything else goes with it. A bit of success, there'll be a couple of beers because that's why club cricketers play the mm-hmm. game. They, they want to yeah. be with their mates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's a hell of a lot better being with your mates when you, the guy scoring the runs, are taking the wickets. Stumps, umps, and beer pumps. Super over. Okay, for our super over, Mickey, we ask each of our guests six questions, starting with a couple of gentle throwdowns. So, what's your favourite ground? Lords. <laughs> your favourite batter? Shark Callis. Your favourite bowler? Dale Stein. Your favourite tipple? Uh, Savignon Blanc. Your favourite cricket tea item of choice? Chocolate cake. <laughs> Is that Lord's chocolate cake? <laughs> That's, pro- That's 
And what about your sporting hero, cricket or otherwise? My sporting hero was Barry Richards growing up. Uh-huh. Anyone else outside of cricket? Not really outside of cricket. It's always been, you know, I've, I've, Roger Federer has been a been a massive uh, sporting hero of mine. You know, just watched his development. has been amazing. Absolutely. That's great. Thanks, Mickey. Super over. Stumps, bumps and beer bumps. We, we were looking out the window, Mickey, just before we started this interview, and uh, we, we noticed that you were specifically talking to individual players out there. So this leads me into this next question is, how, do you work with the players to give them specific targets or milestones for the season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. Um, I, I, I'm very, very clear on role clarity. So, so I, I think, I think for for me, um, it's about players knowing exactly how they fit in and, and what the requirement of them is mm. at 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 any given time. So, I just reaffirmed that today. I mean, today, as we say, we train at international standards. Well, we've just come off a a really sapping so today yeah. is just a top-up day mm-hmm. um you know we've had the squad in that in 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 different segments and it's and it's just been it's just been a been a a, a a top up for them but for me that allows me to do my one-on-one work my my one my one-on-one talking my one-on-one um reaffirming roles um having a look at their performances mm what what they've done exceptionally well and yeah. i always think it's really important to focus on yeah. good and then you and then you can focus on the on the on the things that that weren't so good the major focus of of our day today has been our team debrief which we had at 10 o'clock in the dressing room mm-hmm. where we debriefed every aspect of our game run rates how long does nobles. that last i mean do you, uh, do you it, want it, it to last a certain amount of time it, it lasts about half an hour and okay. you know professional cricketers um although they can bat for a long time don't concentrate yeah. on the dressing room for that long <laughs> So, so you want to make it, you want to make it as quick and as concise and as precise yeah, as you possibly yeah. can. So we've set ourselves little targets for the year, and we we assess ourselves in the game against Ooh. against where we where we've wanted to be and what the best teams are doing. And then, you know, so so we'll go through that and 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 mm. and we did that. So that was pretty explicit today. Okay. From a skills level, it was just a top up, but it allows yeah. me to to spend a lot of time with everyone. How do your analysts guys. feel about putting all that time in, and then you just get half an hour because they can't <laughs> keep their heads focused for that long? It, it, it's it, it's actually interesting because the analyst works so hard. So our typical session is myself and the analyst sitting. We'll sit for hours yeah. looking at our opposition, mm-hmm. studying our opposition. Then that gets stripped back. We can bring the coaches in. And then the coaches will sit for about an hour working through it and then coming up with a presentation for our players. And then we do our presentation individually. Mm-hmm. So you'll have your batsmen in and then you'll have your quick bowlers and you'll have your spin bowlers. And when they come in, the information we give them is about 10 minutes. 10 minutes worth. That's it. It's, it's specific to their skill. Mm-hmm. But they don't know that for those 10 minutes... The, the analyst has actually put in about four and a <laughs> yeah, half hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah players come in, oh, 10 minutes, okay, yeah, off they go. Yeah. But for those 10 minutes, as analysts, head coach, line coaches, we've we've worked on that st- on that presentation for about four and a half I've, hours. I've got to ask the question, how would you then influence that during a game when you know you've had your analysts work for hours on things that you need to do, you've given them all the information they need to go and do it, they're executing their skills, but they're not following the plan. <coughs> How do you get around that with the players? We just constant reminders. Mm-hmm. So, th- so there's always constant reminders that that go out. Um, so players can, you know, I, I think it's very, very, very important they have a reference point. That th- there's a plan, there's a structure. Mm-hmm. That's where mm-hmm. we want to be. That's how we want to play. So once you've got those key performance indicators, 
you can always judge yourself to them. And when they slightly go off, <laughs> you know which ones to tweak. So there, yeah, there'll be a lot of messages in terms of just keeping those those yeah. key performance indicators um, in, in 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 the good side on the in the green instead of in the red. Absolutely. Well, that leads us into a question from one of our colleagues at Atwell Cricket Club, James Armashaw, the captain there. Uh, he sent in a question. It says, basically, Mickey, what are your three non-negotiables you'd expect from your players? Uh, I, I, I expect, from, from our professional players, I expect, and I break it down to physical, mental, technical. Okay. So physical, they have to be at a certain standard because, yeah, and, and people go on our oh, fitness, you know, it's cricket, you know, that... Well, it is a it is a skill based game, hundred mm-hmm. percent. But why not give yourself the best opportunity of executing your skills more consistently? And you do that by being in the best physical shape you can possibly mm-hmm. be. So that's a non negotiable. Um, the other non negotiable uh, mentally goes about preparation. You know, if you if you fail to prepare, prepare to fail. So so we make a hundred percent sure that that their preparation is 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 in order, and then doing enough technical work to get them into the right frame of mind to be able to go and execute their skills on a on a weekend so so so, so that's that that's kind of that's kind of where we sit physical mental technical so out of the players you've currently got which ones do you think out of the current squad will go on to achieve higher honors and will we see a derbyshire player playing for england in the near future oh, i i really hope we i, yeah, I really so, hope so we do, do. and yeah. and i i can see no reason why not you know, I, I can sit here and I, I'll, I'll be fairly, fairly bullish here because I think we have the best coaching staff now in, in county cricket with Ian Bell joining us. Mm. You know, you, you've, got, you've got Ajmal Shazad, international cricketer. Um, uh, you know, w- our coaching staff is as good as any player is going to get. So, 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 so we, t- we tick that box. Our facilities are now very, very good. We tick that box. Our standards required in the dressing room day in and day out are world-class because those are the standards that international teams are preparing at is world-class so if you put all those ingredients together surely surely we've got to be able to produce an, an, an england player in the not too distant future yeah let's hope so yeah you gonna great. name anyone yeah uh, people have asked me uh, uh, like i will uh, keep asking until you keep <laughs> I, I i don't look sammy connors is outstanding he he's outstanding I'm so disappointed we're not seeing Ben Aitchison. Mm. Ben Aitchison, he compliments our attack. So if you had Lachmal, Aitchison, Connors, mm. it's, it, it, it starts looking really good. I think with the dearth of finger spinners in England at the moment, Alex Thompson has an opportunity. Mm. Whether he grabs that or not, time will tell. You know, he, he certainly has, a, has an opportunity. And I think that young Elias Deploy, I think, is going to yeah. be a very easy. He's not the finished article yet. But he is going to be very, very good. Mm. Then you look at young Nicholas Nick Potts. I mean, he's only 19, that boy. Yeah. Great action, strong. He's an athlete. He's a specimen. He fits the ball. If he continues his development, I mean, who knows where he can get to. Yeah. So, 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 so it's, it's fairly exciting. You throw in the experienced guys, yeah. your Godelman, Madsen, Reese, uh, And then you throw in our two international players. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the makings are all there. Exciting. The makings are there. Exciting, yeah, very, yeah. It's funny we talk about England there, so it's a really simple England question. Would you bring back Gordon Anderson when these test matches start for England if you were the coach? I'll tell you what I tell you what I tell you what I'd do. <laughs> yes or no answer me. That's a on. great question. I'd bring back one. I'd bring back Broad. Okay. Because I think there's more upside. Um, and I think you can build an attack around Broad. Anderson has been absolutely amazing for so many years. 
Um, but but I think he's thirty nine now. Um, you know, whereas whereas I think I think Broad can can bowl for you on any surfaces at any time. Who would relish the opportunity to lead that attack mm-hmm. for another two years? Or would you would you put Broad in there as captain? It, it, it's worth a shot. If Stokes doesn't want to do it, mm-hmm. certainly worth a conversation. Mm. And is there any other England players that you've seen around and about the system where you've gone, bang, they should be playing more red ball or they should be playing more white ball cricket? Uh, like I haven't seen obviously internationally. I've just I've just seen the young players. I, I think I think Crawley's going to be a very good player. Yeah. I think this boy Haynes, I think he reminded me so much of Marcus Trescothic um, in the way he went about his, his yeah. batting. I, I, he looked a very good player. Yeah. And I say why I like him is I like players who have the, op- the ability to take the game back onto the opposition. And, and, I, and you know, test, that's test cricket. Pe- people talk about, oh, we need a bad time. No, 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 you need to score runs. You need to score runs, um, however long that takes you. But you need to score runs. And, and Haynes is the guy that if you get it wrong, he's going to punish you. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, that's where he's got the edge on a, on a Burns or a Sibley or a Lees. He has the edge on them because I feel internationally, I know because we, we did our, our an, a, analysis on, on those players when I was with Sri Lanka. And we knew that they weren't going to hurt us. We knew that if, if, if they batted time... We still had an opportunity that if we got a couple of wickets, yeah. we were still in the game. I think with players like Crawley and Haynes at, at the top of the order, um, I'd have Milana three. I think technically he's still very good. Yeah. Um, with those guys at the top of the order, if they bat 20 overs, you're going to be under a bit of pressure. You're not going to be able to hold your slips for, for as long as you can normally. Mm-hmm. You know, suddenly the game becomes a different game. So, yeah, I, I, Haynes was impressive. So you went back quickly there to your international experience. And obviously, you've had incredible experience internationally with four international sides that you've coached now. What would you describe as your, your proudest moments and achievements as an international coach? I, I, I think I think there's... I've, I've been... Yeah, look, I was very fortunate. I, I think I think the, my proudest was South, with South Africa, was getting to number one in all forms. Mm-hmm. But coming to England and being the first South African side since Unity to win in England, and in the same year going to Australia and becoming the first South African side ever to win in Australia. Yep. So that was it. Um, Australia, when I coached Australia, unfortunately ended in tears. But you know, there was there were some good patches there. We got to number one in the world. Um, Pakistan was was winning the, the, the Champions Trophy. Yeah. So winning an ICC event with them after being coming into that tournament ranked eight. And then going on to become the number one, we, we became the number one ranked test team. But we, when I started, we were number nine in 2020s. We, we had lost wow. 12 in a We went on that spree where we won, I think it was 13 games in a row. Didn't realize it was that much. Yeah, and became the number one 2020 team. Transformed it with no, mm. with no real strikers or no real finishes but we played a brand of cricket that that yeah. that we, we we got runs on the board we had mm. fucker zaman who had slog it but we had baba azam you know we, we had muhammad hafiz we had we had guys that could get us to 155 mm-hmm. 170 on a good day and then we strangled them with spin we had, we, we we had the shane shahs that could bowl uh, up front with a new ball but we had the middle imad wazim shadab khan and we played it our way, and that that way was really successful. So that was a really, really um, satisfying period for me. You sound very, very proud of your time in Pakistan, though. That sounds really—you can hear it in your voice. 
That's the yeah. time that you really loved with those guys, isn't it? I, I, I absolutely adored my time with Pakistan. Mm. It was it was it was the be- I think it was the best three years of my of my coaching career. And I say that because I think I was the best coach I could possibly be then. In South Africa, I was a young, inexperienced coach who was very fortunate to have some very good players around him. And Graham Smith, who was 22, I was 37. Mm-hmm. We bumbled along as a leadership team and we found it out. Yeah. But we had some really good players with us. Australia was, was working with Michael Clark. The, 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 the dynamic around Australia at that particular time was tough. Being South African, not understanding it was made it even tougher. Um, but Pakistan, I was where I was the best coach mm-hmm. I, could, so, so I could possibly be. Who's been your biggest influence as a coach? We mentioned Eddie Barlow earlier. Who's been your biggest influence? Yeah, Eddie Barlow, without a doubt, really? was, 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 yeah. was the biggest influence for me on my, on yeah. my, on my cricket career. Really? Yeah, without a doubt. He was, he was, he was fantastic. Great that you're back here and he needs the he needs honour really. Well, that well that's right. And I mean, I saw his I saw Kelly the other day. His you know, and uh, uh, she was over over the moon that that I was yeah. I was coaching Derbyshire and because <laughs> because of Eddie and so it was it it, it, it was nice and, and and that was one of the well, well yeah, it was not the contributing factor to Ooh, coming, yeah. but but it 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 always. I'd always had that affinity to Derbyshire because of Eddie and, and Fred Swarbrick, who was my yeah, first coach absolutely. ever. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, there's almost like a sort of full circle for you from growing up and you know following Derbyshire from a yeah. long way away before the internet as well. Um, and you've come back round here and you've see, obviously toured the world and coached four international sides. But do you fancy coaching one of the big two in the world, England or India? <laughs> <laughs> Um, that, that is with total disrespect to all my Aussie, Aussie <laughs> mates. I, I, I was going to say, I haven't really coached the big two in the world. No, uh, no chance. No. <laughs> um, I, I would, you know, never, never say never. But for the minute, I needed, I, I, I needed this project. I, I, I needed, I needed coming, and it was one of my lifelong ambitions was to coach in county cricket. So I, I'd um, say to Keezy if he's listening. Hands off, Derbyshire won him for a couple of three years. <laughs> yeah, we, we, don't, we don't want to lose uh, Mickey from Derbyshire a few years. But I think one of our final questions we've got before we come to um, a little competition that we have at the end of every podcast, the announcement that was made recently that you've got the Indian team coming here in July, mm. how much as a international coach with a project here at Derbyshire are you looking forward to welcoming India here at the Encora? Oh, I can't wait. To, I, I, I can't wait to have them here. You, I mean, you... I just can't wait for our players to experience mm. that, um, you know, to, 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 to experience the flavour that they're going to have, the, the, the intensity, the emotion, the, the crowd. Oh, yeah. You know, I, like I, I, I can't wait for them to go through, go through all of that. And, uh, and, and yeah, we have, um, we, they're going to arrive and they're going to go, go back and they, we're going to have beaten them. Just don't let them take the training ground off you. It's your ground. <laughs> Fortress in Cora. Absolutely. It's our ground. Absolutely. Hey, listen, we end of every podcast, we like to ask our guests the same question. Um, we're inviting you, Mickey, to enter a team into the Stump Sums and Beer Pumps Six Aside competition, good old school Six Aside competition. If you had to put your perfect Six Aside team together, who would the six players be? You're allowed two batters, two bowlers, one all rounder, and one wicket keeper. Anyone from your cricket world, Anyone from as far back as you want, your perfect six aside team. Six aside team. Okay. Yeah. Two batters, two bowlers. Two batters. So I'm going to go right now. Uh, I'm going to go. I'll go 
Herschel Gibbs and Baba Azam. That's Herschel after too much Sauvignon Blanc. We're feeding him a lot of Sauvignon <laughs> Blanc. Absolutely, no problem at all. Your two bowlers. Uh, two bowlers, I am going to go Dale Stain and Shaheen Shah Afridi. That's a pair, isn't it, to say the least. Your all-rounder. My all-rounder? I want to throw a span in the works, because the obvious one would be a Flintoff or a, or yeah. a Callis or a, or a Stokes. I'm going to say my all-rounder has to be a leg-spinning all-rounder. Mm. I'm going to go Shadab Khan. That is it, yeah. That's the first time someone's done that on the podcast, definitely. And finally, your wicketkeeper. I have a feeling I might know it's going to be. Yeah, I'm throwing Dosh Butler straight in there. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, a, that's a flipping good cricket team, man. That's not that's bad at all, yeah. I'm, I think it might be up there winning yeah. the competition. Though, well, it will be against Jenny Morse from Staffordshire, who put one of her best mates in, because well, she likes a cricket. Oh, well, there we, there that's, we go. That's the whole point of the podcast. We're getting back to the clubs and getting back to the people who are there on a Saturday. You, know, you guys might have, have a couple of thousand in here during the Vitality Blast. We'll have how many? 20? A, cu- a couple. A couple, yeah. <laughs> we'll have a couple around the ground. It, it works for all of us, doesn't it, sir? Hey, listen, Mickey, it's been absolutely fabulous getting some yeah, time with you today. Absolute pleasure. Uh, and we look forward to spending some time around Derbyshire for the rest of the season. It's great the work we're going to do to bring the, the county game as close as possible to the club game because at the end of the day, we're all supporters. We're all well, cricket passion. Mm-hmm. We all want to do the same thing, don't we, sir? Thanks for your time, Mickey. Absolute yeah, th- pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Mickey. Brilliant. No, that was an absolute pleasure, and and it is so important to have the professional game and the and the club game very very closely aligned Absolutely. because we all yeah. stakeholders in this in this wonderful yeah. game of cricket. I've just got one final question. It's Winsel Wednesday. You can come down and coach any time. <laughs> okay, perfect. All, all the best, Mickey. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Cheers, Excellent. Mickey. Thank Stay you, guys. Cheers. Take care. Cheers. Thanks. Stumps, bumps, and beer bumps. Well, that brings us to the end to our first Derbyshire special. Well done, lads. It was insightful, engaging, and a great listen for me. Yeah, I thought so. F- finally, thanks to Mickey. Mickey Arthur's top bloke, by the sounds of it. Yeah, thanks, Mickey. Really appreciate your time today and, and all the team at Derbyshire for putting this together. Who would have thought six months ago, when this podcast started, for a laugh, really, that we'd be getting to use the media centre at Derbyshire Cricket Club and certainly not talking to people of Mickey Arthur's calibre. Well done to all at Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps. That's it. Until next time. Until next time, brethren, ciao! (laughs) So that's all we've got time for for this edition of Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps. Thank you to our special guest today. If you know someone at your club that wishes to come and have a chat with us and talk about your club, then please email us on stumpsumpsandbeerpumps at gmail.com. Also, please like and subscribe, and also you can follow us on Twitter. If you've got any questions, any stories or any funny anecdotes, then please again email us on stumps, umps and beer pumps at gmail.com. We hope you've enjoyed our tour around Club Cricket Life. So please join us again for more of the same. Thank you very much for listening. This is Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps. So until next time, there's your one for the over. Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stump, 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 st